welcome to the Movements Podcast. I'm Steve Addison. Today we're going to hear from Dal Jones, a worker with 20 years experience reaching Buddhists in Cambodia. There's so much to talk about in the present that I really want to share and want to pass on. Some things that you, you can receive, some things that you can get excited about. Um, here's a little tidbit just to get us started. Um, how many of you know anything about the history of Christianity in Burma? Um, I didn't until a few weeks ago either. Very little, just little snippets. We know that Hudson Taylor, you know, was there and all that. And um, So do you know how many Christians are in Burma? There's something around 7 to 10 percent of the population are Christians. Yeah, it's pretty high, actually. Uh, you know, and yet, uh, in Burma, 70% of the population are Burmese, and 30% are Chin and Karen and Shen and all these different tribal group people that are there. And so, out of about 7 million Christians in Burma, how many do you think are among Burmese? How many millions? How many millions of Burmese Christians are there? I'm talking about, we're looking at Burma as a nation of a lot of different peoples. Any guesses? Seven million believers. Do you know that up until a few years ago there wasn't even a thousand Burmese believers in Burma? I mean, does that shock you or not? <laughs> this is, so we're seeing Burma, and, and the church is very strong there, very very visible, but the makeup of that church is very tribal. It's not, does not represent the, the, the majority, the majority of people in our country are not represented in the church. Until recently, some, some great things have started to happen in Burma. We can go to Thailand, and we could, we could see the very same kind of dynamic happening, where most of the, the Thai believers come from these other people groups, not so much the Thai people themselves. Cambodia, it's a little bit different, but in Cambodia, uh, we've got some other dynamics that have been happening over the last 30 years that have contributed to great desperation that led to great growth in the 90s and Around 2000, 2004, 2005, if you look at the statistics, just like almost flatlined. And there are some reasons for that, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we have to figure out how to reach the majority peoples in Southeast Asia, in particular, the Buddhist nations of, uh, of Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos. And just to give you a little bit of a sense of the need, you know, I'm not happy with the, the growth plateauing. I hope you're not. And I hope what, some of what we're doing here is to address that, that trend and that problem. And uh, I have some things to share that I think might be a little, a little bit of the piece, one piece of the puzzle, maybe not everything for sure, but hopefully you can see how this piece can, can help to address that problem and, and really want to see Cambodia totally transformed. And uh, that's my heart. So I've been here for 21 years, but in ministry to Cambodian people for uh, more than 25 years. Um, I was able to speak Cambodian when I got here. So there all this experience. But I was just saying at our meal last night that I really didn't... <laughs> understand a real effective way to share the gospel with Cambodian people until this year. i fluent in the, in the language. It's not a language problem. Uh, we've got Cambodian folks that are here that also would like to be more effective. It's, it's, for them, it's not a language problem. The problem really has to do more with our own mindsets and our willingness to to find ways to communicate that really hits heart level. Let me give you a little bit of uh, 
glimpse of what's happening now. And then I can do a little bit of demonstrating some things that have been working. Um, uh, I've been collaborating with Sarah Ardu, who's another missionary who's been here for many years. And we've been racking our brains and beating our heads against the wall to find ways that are really going to be effective, not just, not just in evangelism, but to uh, ways to disciple people that really are reproducible. Uh, we're committed to multiplying and reproducible methods and want to see church multiplication movements sparked here in this country. So we've been working on this for quite some time. And in May, we felt like we came across an awesome way to share the Lord, share, share the gospel and to begin to disciple people. In, and we believe it's very reproducible. Um, I, we, to put this uh, method to the test, I've been working in two different locations. One is in Swyrian and one in Kampong. Now, the little bit of church history in, in Kampong is that that province has been very hard ground for the gospel for a long time. Um, how many of you have known missionaries that have lived in Kampong? Are they still there? No. Almost no missionaries left. Like, they're all gone. There used to be like 10 or 12 missionaries there. Um, and the fruit of all of their labor, really, it, it's almost, you can't, you can't really see anything. What was there before they got there is pretty much what's there now. And so, very hard ground. People left with a lot of disappointment and discouragement. And in Kampot, I have, uh, there's, there's a Cambodian couple who are like, uh, son and daughter to me. I actually, uh, the one the one girl grew up in the orphanage that we were running 20 years ago here in Cambodia, and she married, and they did a ministry there. And he actually is the leader of the pastoral fellowship in the Dirum Kite in in the provincial town. And back in May, I went and visited and met with them as they, they gathered together to pray, and I said. How many of you are satisfied with how your ministry's going? And all of them were just like, no, we're not, we're not satisfied. That's why we're getting here together to pray, because we need to see a breakthrough. And, uh, and I said, I am willing to come and to begin to, to train you folks, if you're willing. And we'll just believe that God is going to bless that training and we're going to see some great things start to happen. And I gave them a little bit of an idea of what that was going to look like. Well, I got word a couple weeks later that they were interested, and I came down, and only out of about 16 people that were at that meeting, only like three or four of them were at that training, and a few others. And so I was there. Uh, we, I started off with, with training them with uh, an evangelism, method in evangelism. I'm going to show that demonstrate that for you a little bit in a little bit from now. Um, went down for two, two separate meetings. We're doing it every two weeks. Um, on the third week, I went down and the guy that really is my national partner there, this, this uh, we would call him the Gontola, he, he's really uh, uh, God's son to me. He's, he invited his uh, Auntie, who was Chinese Cambodian, to join us in the meeting, and I was really frustrated because I thought he understood this to be a closed group. This is not open to anybody who wants to come and listen or anything like that. But he had heard me, you know, modeling, sharing the gospel, and starting to train them in there. He wanted her to come and hear the gospel. He didn't quite yet feel confident to do it himself, so brought her in, and I was really. Frustrated with it, but I prayed, and, and the Lord spoke to me and said, "Well, Dale, uh, just just focus on her. Don't worry about all of the other disciples in the in the group. Just focus on her and what her needs are." And she was a total unbeliever. I mean, she absolutely needed Jesus. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to just do my best to to share the gospel with her and model this for everybody in real life. So. Uh, I, I looked, she, we were all sitting around a big circle, and, and she was like, from between me and Lynette, just like that, we are facing each other, and I said, do you want to help me teach the class today? And she's, 
She said, oh, I don't know anything. I can't teach. I said, you can teach. And if you're, if you're willing, we can show these youngsters uh, uh, something here today. And uh, she was the oldest one there, and I was the second oldest. Everyone else was younger than us. <laughs> and she says, oh, okay, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I said, you don't have to know anything. All you have to do is talk with me. And she says, okay, I'll do that. So I just started step-by-step, step, conversationally, leading through her through a process of getting the gospel, which I will do for you here in a, in a few moments. And I was afraid that this would be a total exercise in futility because here in this place of Kampot, a very, very hard ground with probably one of the hardest people I know, the Chinese Cambodians, this woman at my invitation to, to, for, for Jesus to take away her sin, she said yes. She said yes, I want to do it. And, and right then, right there and then, I, I led her in a, in a prayer of confession to the Lord and asking for his forgiveness. And immediately we saw a change in her heart. And I said, there's more. God wants to give you more. He wants to also give you a completely changed life. Do you want that? And she said, yes. So I said, okay, well, let's baptize her. And there was no place to baptize her there. I said, well, somebody go get a bucket and a dipper. So we had her sitting in one of those plastic blue chairs. You ever see any of those around and, and put her outside and, and brought that bucket right there. And I said, all right, it's time for a new life. And, uh, and I'll show you this a little bit more, too, in more detail. She renounced all of her past, all of those, all of those uh, ties and chains to her past, renounced and made vows to God, baptized her. Boom, she was, got something more from God. And I said, well, the Lord Jesus wants to give you even more than this. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Do you want that? She says... Well, why, why would I want that? And I said, well, you won't be afraid anymore. You're not going to have bad dreams anymore. You know, there's not going to be any problems with curses or any of that kind of stuff anymore. And you'll, be, you'll have this fire inside to, to tell people about Jesus and to share what, you, what you've received. Do you want that? She said, yes. So we gathered around here, and I just simply laid my hands on her. And I could, all of a sudden, she just started shaking didn't speak in tongues or anything, but here she just started shaking, and she obviously received the fullness of the Holy Spirit right then and there, and her, her face was just beaming. And so, the class got to see from start to finish, uh, somebody who was totally an unbeliever go through the process of hearing the gospel, respond, and receive all of this from God. It's like, wow, that was really cool. So, that night, she goes and talks to her grandson, and says, oh, you know how I've been telling you you had to be prepared to burn incense and offer food sacrifices for me when I die because I, you know, that's the Chinese thing to do. Don't have to do that anymore. I've got Jesus. <laughs> and so you can become a believer now too. And he's, he's like, oh, really? And so there was another person from the class that helped him to understand the gospel. He became a believer. And, you know, this, still in this Chinese-Cambodian family. Just to make a long story short, in the course of the next six weeks, about 15 Chinese-Cambodian people have come to the Lord in Gambo. And, and I've personally led only about five of them to the Lord, but the people that I'm training have led the other dozen or so to Jesus. And some of them are here in Phnom Penh, so it's like spilling over here as well. And... There's also at least four, uh, at least five Cambodian Khmer new believers as well. And so the Lord just has had his hand on this. We've seen miracles take place. We've seen uh, one woman totally delivered from demons. Someone that was totally healed of a, of a throat problem that had been recurring for over two years. Uh, just amazing things taking place. And it was like, awesome. So I just in reflecting on all that, I, I think that there are some intangible things and some tangible things why we're starting to see things happen. Some of the intangibles are just simply, there's a lot of prayer going up 
right now for Cambodia. There's a lot of prayer initiatives in the country. People are praying outside. And along with prayer, just the, the hyros moment of God for, for this nation. I believe we're coming into a time of great harvest. And so for those of you who have been very discouraged, you need to be encouraged because the days of discouragement are coming to an end. We're going to start to see some great strides forward for the kingdom here in Cambodia. I want to encourage you with that because I'm seeing it happen, not, not just with people that are well-trained over many years, but brand new believers taking that, taking that message of the gospel and sharing and seeing others come to the Lord. And so the Kairos moment of God, it, it, it's, it's really a time of grace and prayer and all that's all intangible stuff. We, we can't put a finger on it, really. But there are some tangible reasons that I believe this has been happening, that, that, that we've seen some great strides forward. And, uh, and a lot of it has to do with our approach. That just to, I'm going to show you this in a moment, but just to give you a little bit of an idea how different it is. Um, like I said, it's not an issue of knowing the Cambodian language. It's an issue of, of sharing in such a way that they can understand. Um, for years and years, I was very afraid to use Buddhist terms. Why? Because I was afraid of them misunderstanding, being misunderstood, of, of problems leading to syncretism and all that. Well, I've pretty much just laid all my fears aside, and the Lord has led myself and Sarah to begin to really focus on, on speaking in such a way that... that communicates to the heart of where the Cambodian people are. There's one phrase that sort of like summarizes in my mind, and maybe some of you Khmer folks would, would you know, be able to agree with this or not, but there's one phrase that pretty much summarizes their worldview, religious worldview, and it is only, only some people say that. You, you're one of those. Tuol bon bon bon. Do merit, get merit. Tuol bon bon bon. So, have you heard that? Do you? I mean, is is this this is a common phrase, isn't it? This is the this is the center of their motivation religiously. Tuol bon bon bon. What do they want? They don't want to tuol bon. They don't want to do the bond. They want bond. They want to get it. They want to get bond. They want to get it. Whatever we have to do to get it, right? There is a motivation and a desire that I believe is God created. God has created within them this desire for merit. This desire to receive something. To get something. They think that they have to do something to get it. And so in this process, it becomes clear that since we all have all this bad karma, another word that I would never have used a year ago, that I'm using quite freely now, we have bad karma that has kept us from being able to do any one. And so we don't get any one. And that people with bad karma are already impure unclean and unable to do anything, to do anything good. And so it's a problem, isn't it? How are you supposed to do one if you don't have any one to, to do it with? And a lot of the poor people, they say, oh, I'm being like with one. I don't have any money to do merit because I'm poor. Well, not only are they poor, they are sinful. They've got bad karma. They can't do it. The message of the gospel is, you don't need to do any one. Jesus has one for you. Oh, really? I'm telling you what, people are waking up. When we use the words salvation, no lights are turning on. You want Sagaday some girl? They go, oh, okay. You know, maybe, I don't know. They don't really know. But you ask them, do you want bond? They go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Because one is the answer that they're looking for. And you know what? Jesus is the answer that they're looking for. They just don't know it yet. And so we as the messenger connect this message of good news with the, the motivation from within their heart to receive, get something. And the cool thing is, once you get one, you can do one. And this is the message of Romans. This is the message of Romans. Because we have been changed and transformed, now we can do good works. So, in reality, it's Bhagwan Tulbon, right? Isn't that how we believe as Christians? We need to get we need to get it first. But we we love the religious language. Oh, I'm being bold. Who who understands what bold is anyway? Seriously, you you ask people on the street. You ask them, do you know what fat ball is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea what ball is. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, God wants to give you crap ball. Like, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't mean bail. So no, I mean bail. Or then we say, oh, he wants to give you crap gun. There's a word that nobody knows. But we as Christians, we want to use crap gun because this is grace. So why aren't we using words that they understand? So this is about a shift of mentality that has, that has all of a sudden turned a key in a lock and has opened this door and all of a sudden people are responding one after another. This is the tangible end of things that is going together with the intangible of prayer and kairos moment of the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And so I've only given you a little glimpse but I really want to model this for you. And to do that, I need help. So Jeremy is going to be my lab rat. <laughs> and uh, thank, thank you for keeping the beard. That you're doing good. I don't think it's good to stand up. Can you see us if we're sitting down? Is it all right? Thank you. So... Please find a place where you can see me and see Jeremy both. <laughs> so if you've got a head in front of you, <laughs> try to shift around a little bit. And Jeremy is Kamai. Yeah? We, we have a problem here. I, I'm going to do this in English, which I can honestly say I've never done before. So I've only done this in Kamai. But I'll do my best to do it in English in such a way so everybody here can benefit from it. And I will throw in uh, a Kamai term here and there, but I'll quickly translate it to English so that you get both the Kamai and the, and the English together, okay? And this is very important because if you miss the terminology, you miss almost everything. It is part of the key that turns the lock, okay? So Jeremy is Kamai. And he is a person of peace. You are going to get saved today. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. He, just pretend he doesn't hear. He's going to get saved today. He is going to respond. Because I want you to see. I've seen this happen many times already. It's been happening. But he is a person of peace. He's not one of those people that are going to argue and be resistant or anything like that. He may have a question or two. Okay? All right. So, what we do is instead of starting from a, a vacuum, you know what a vacuum is? It's air. Well, actually, it's the absence of air. It's the absence of everything. Instead of starting from a place where you have no foothold, no place to stand, we, we, we jump on uh, a platform, a step. And we can thank the Buddha for giving us a step. He didn't make it all the way, because as far as we know, he did not come to know, to know Christ. But he gave us a wonderful step upon which we can stand, and a place to jump from. Okay, do, do you get this word picture? That's where I'm going to start with him. I'm going to be speaking in a, in a way that he really understands. And 
I'm, I'm not going to presume that he holds our Christian Bible in any regard. I'm going to assume that he is like your average Cambodian person who isn't very religious, a little bit religious. He's not, he's not one who's gotten salt from Bai or gotten salt off. He's not, a, he's not a monk or anything like that. But he's a, he's a good Cambodian Buddhist, okay? And so there are some things about the way he thinks that are going to help me to introduce him to Jesus. All right, so that's your background. And uh, this is going to be very conversational. I'm going to keep it very short because we don't have tons of time. But in a conversational way, I want to show you how to, how to start leading somebody to, so that we can introduce him or her to Jesus. Okay? So, Jeremy, that's your name? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not Lokru. I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy at a cafe. <laughs> yeah, so I'm American, but you're, you're Kamai. Mm. Yeah. So ask me something that a Kamai would ask of an American. This, I'm just helping him get started here. Um, okay. So. <laughs> if I was sitting, if, so, if I was sitting in a cafe, what, what's a common question that they'd ask? Me, right? Tea yeah. rice. Okay, they yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something a little bit more pertinent, though. Um, I hear that America is like heaven. Is that true? Uh, America is not like heaven. Oh. But people do say that. Hmm. Why don't you ask me what I do? What do you do? There you go. I am a messenger from God. Wow. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Thanks for feeding me lines. <laughs> I'm a messenger from God. Yeah. Yeah. So then you'd ask something more like, well, what kind? Do you get a salary for that? Yes. Are you with an NGO? Are no, you? no, they wouldn't ask that. Really, they don't. Do what, how much do you make? What's your salary? Okay. So I didn't prep him for this. Otherwise, we'd be really rolling. Yeah. You know what? Um, God provides everything we need, and I have, we haven't lacked. My whole family haven't lacked. And how about you? Do you have everything that you need? No. Oh, really? Now, are are you uh, are you um, a worshiper of evil spirits, or do you do you are you a Buddhist or what? Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm a Buddhist. Okay. I'm Buddhist. Yeah. Do you follow Buddha's teachings? Mm. I, I do the best I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've studied Buddhism a little bit, and I've come to understand that there were some really important things that Buddha had to say. Mm. Now, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm a follower of Jesus. Like I said, a messenger from God. And But there were some things that he said that really... Uh, help us to understand about Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, maybe you have heard this phrase before. There are actually four um, main, most important uh, toa, or teachings okay, of the Buddha, sure. mm -hmm. um, that are foundational for all, for all Buddhists worldwide. These four things are, are for every Buddhist in the entire world. And uh, maybe you've heard this before. The, the first one is uh, Dukkha. Okay, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, all about that. Sure. Uh, have you heard that? Okay. So in, yeah, in English, we say, yes, if, as long as you have a body, you have suffering. Yes. Yeah. Do you, you think that's true? Very true, yeah. So for you, that's, uh, uh, what, about, what about rich people? Oh, yeah, rich people definitely also, because they have, they have a body too, and they have problems, just like I do. Well, so their their riches didn't help them escape from suffering. Maybe it helps a little. <laughs> yeah. But they still have suffering. They still have suffering. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. Well, I agree with that. In fact, we mm -hmm. as followers of Jesus believe the same thing. And do you know the second toa that is foundational for Buddhists? What what Buddha taught? It was the source of suffering. Is Gam, Gambia. Ah, uh, yes. Did you have you ever heard that? Do you think that that's true? That that's the source of suffering? 
Um, like Irma, like I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't get rid of it. Yeah. Just do, do you think that's causing your problems? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. So, the having this bad karma leading to suffering. Do you think? Do you? So you have bad karma. Yeah, I've done some bad things. Yes. Yeah. Some bad karma. Yeah, and unlucky. Yeah, I've had, yes. Yeah. So, unlucky, just so yeah, do you think that uh, people who have a lot of money and power, do they have bad karma too? Um, I, or sin karma? Yes, I do. I think they do. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, I, I do believe that as well. I think that everyone, all people have that bad karma. And uh, there was a third thing that Buddha taught. He said that there is a place of no suffering. You ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you know where that place might be? Um, I, I hear it's called Nirvana or Nibbana, I think. Nibbana, yeah. yeah. Place with no suffering. Mm-hmm. And actually, he told us a little bit about that, but he had never been there. Mm-hmm. But very much, very in the, in the same way, Jesus was came from that place, and he called it the highest heaven. He came from that place and he has come to earth, he came to earth to show us how to get there. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So we, even followers of Jesus, we know that there's a place of no suffering. Yeah. And the, this is the most important point that, that Buddha taught, and this is also true, we believe he hit on a, a truth. The fourth one is the way to get there to the place of no suffering. And in, in uh, the, the, one, the one short word is called miyakiya, or metgat. Huh. It means the way. Have you ever heard about the way? You, you know the way to heaven? No, no. I, I, well, I mean, if I, if I do enough good stuff, then maybe I'll get there someday. But. Mm. That's close. <laughs> but do you know what Buddha taught? He said that there is a path to get to heaven mm-hmm. that covers eight more uh, main oh, areas of our life. Yes, yes. Yeah, this isn't the eight precepts, but this is the eight, eight areas of our life. Buddha said, you must be perfect in all these areas of life. Mm-hmm. Good, right thinking, right speech, right action. How are you doing on that? Do you think that you're perfect? I, I struggle with that because I, I want I want so much to be perfect and to, to do the right things, but I I haven't been able to keep that. Do you have any hope of actually getting to the highest heaven? No, but maybe maybe later I'll, I'll be richer, maybe in another life or be in a better mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So, do you know anybody who's perfect? No. Do you, nobody. How about how about the how about the monks? Are they perfect? Oh, no, no. <laughs> They're not perfect either. No. I know some monks. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there, is there if, if the monks aren't perfect, do you have much hope of being perfect? To getting to heaven? I don't. When it comes down to it, I don't. Uh, well, here's good news. Jesus actually knows that we can't do it. Jesus also said that we must be perfect to get there. Just like Buddha, he, he taught us that we cannot go to heaven unless we're perfect. But he helped us to become perfect. Jesus offers us help to do it. And uh, he knows that we can't do it on our own. And so he came from heaven, the highest heaven, Nibian. He came down to earth. And he was a man that was filled with bon. He had a lot of bon. Everything he did was perfect. He never did a single thing wrong. He never committed a sin of any kind. And he did. He helped people. He did all these wonderful things. This this Jesus. They were the the religious leaders, the the Ajahn and the and the monks of those days. They looked at Jesus and they were jealous and they took him and they put him to death. Hmm. Jesus is God. Now, no man can put 
God to death. To death. No one can do. No one can do that to God, especially when He's perfect. But Jesus allowed them to do it. And so when Jesus said, "Okay, you can put me to death," Jesus did the greatest bond ever ever done in, in all of history. This great bond He did for us. Be all of my camp be it, all of my bakakam, all of your bakakam, all of all people all over, all of the sin karma of the entire human race came upon Jesus. And he died because that's the result of the sin karma. He died on this wood thing that they call a cross. And he went down to hell. You ever hear of hell? Tanaru. Yeah. Went down to the lowest hell. But three days later, he came back to life because the power of, of hell and death could not keep him down there. Mm-hmm. And he came back to earth and he was with his disciples and he told them, now everybody has a chance for me to help them. I've done this great one for them. Now they can receive this and they too can be clean. And not have to go to death or go to Tanaru. So my question for you is, Jeremy, do you want Jesus to help you? Or do you want to rely on your own good works? Do you want to do your own one to, to be perfect? Or do you want to ask Jesus to help you? I, I do. I do. I just, have, I just have a question about that. I, so y- you say that Jesus... Wants to wants to give me this. He wants to give me this and take away my my, my sin, my bad karma. But my my Buddhist belief, my understanding is that my karma is my own. So how does how does how does Jesus do that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. In fact, I hear a lot of people say that. But let me ask you something: Do Khmer people really believe that our karma is our own? There is something that, that Khmer people do all the time to help the karma of someone else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? Maybe you can't think of it right now. <laughs> they call it one saw. Of course you know that. Funerals. What's the point of doing the, the, the funeral? The funeral is to increase the bond for the person that just died. I thought, if, if it's true that Khmer really think that their one is their own, then why, why even do the one song? If their karma is their own, their karma is their own, why do the one song? They, they do this because they believe that they can do something to help them. Yeah, and that into others. And in turn, also be, get one themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, let me ask you, do you think you would do better at doing that one, or Jesus would do better at doing that one? Yeah, I think Jesus would be far better than me. Yeah, so Jesus did that same kind of one. He died so that all of us could receive that one from him and not have to die. And not have to go to hell. And so Jesus' great one is offered to us as a merit. And he takes away our bad karma. Are, are you, do you want Jesus to take away your sin karma? Yes, I do. Okay. Wonderful. I'm, I'm going to tell you this story, and it's a short story. It's not very long, but this is going to help you to understand what Jesus did. Actually, just, just to push the pause button, sometimes I just go ahead and finish the deal right there. If the person's really open, let's just lead them to Christ. But let's say he's, he's sort of wavering. We go into a gospel story. And I said, I want to tell you a story. Push the play button again. I want to tell you a story about power and authority. Do you want to hear that story? I'm nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you, I do. So I understand about that stuff. So, so I'm nine. Um, in the very beginning, there nothing existed. There was nothing at all but God. And God, through His mighty power, created everything we see: uh, fire and air and earth and water. The, the four elements. He created everything. And then, God, in, in his final act of creation, he made people. And people had his image. And he, they were his representatives on earth. 
So he gave them power and authority on night to rule over everything on creation. At the same time, God created all of these spirits. And these spirits um, were there to serve God. One of these spirits, one of these angels, Devadah, one of these angels wanted power, wanted to take the power from God, and he staged a coup d'etat to, to grab that power. But it, he was unsuccessful. Him, along with about a third of all these Devadah, fell from the highest heaven down to earth. At that time, God had created man and he made this beautiful place for them to live on earth. Had all these trees and all this fruit that they, whatever they wanted to eat, it was all there. And in the middle of this beautiful garden, he, he planted two trees. He said, the one is the tree of life. You can eat all you want and you will live forever. And you can eat any of the other fruit in the garden, anything you want. But the one, the, the knowledge of, of good and evil... It is really the, the, the tree of knowledge. He said, don't touch that. If you eat that fruit, you're going to die. And so, this Devadah, whose name was Satan, that fell from heaven, wanted to get back at God, and he came and he, uh, he tempted man to eat that fruit. Tempted the man and the woman to eat the fruit. And they gave in, and they ate that fruit. He said, you're going to be enlightened. And you will know good and evil just like, just like God. And this, uh, this Satan, when he did that, he had the form of a dragon, a neon. So he, he deceived them into thinking they would, have, they would be enlightened. They took this fruit and they chose a path away from God. And sin... Sin karma create was created, what came up in their heart. From that point on, men and women, men and women had sin karma. And so they were chased out of the garden, and the sin karma turned into killing and stealing and adultery and lying and all of this really bad stuff. And they tried to deal with this to try to have the right to go back to heaven, but they couldn't do it. They're, everything they tried, they tried to creating different religions. None of those religions could help get rid of that sin karma. It was stuck on them. And then it was passed on to their children and their grandchildren. And God in heaven looked at his creation. And man who was given great authority over everything came under the authority of the evil one. And they couldn't do anything about it. And so Jesus came to bring man back above all of those evil spirits, to have the authority back where he had before. Yeah. Jesus came, and he came with power. He was God that had the form of a, bot, uh, the form of a man. He, he was incarnated as a man. And so Jesus uh, demonstrated this power everywhere he went. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He calmed the sea, so he had authority over all uh, nature, over evil spirits, everything. And so that's what I was telling you before. The religious leaders, the Acha and the, and the Loksong, all of those folks, they were mad at Jesus. They, they grabbed him and they took him and killed him. And Jesus let them do it because this was his plan from the very beginning. Jesus hung on that cross, and upon his body came all the sin karma of you and me and everyone else on the face of this planet. Jesus died, went to hell. Three days later, he rose again. He rose again, and he showed himself to his disciples for 40 days. Hundreds of people saw him, and he said, I am going back up to the highest heaven, and I promise I'm going to come back to, get to earth again, and I am going to judge all of the people that are alive on earth and all those that have died too, they're going to all be judged. And I will set up my government, my happy bow on earth and I will rule and reign again. His promise. And then he went back up. Jesus said to his disciples, go and wait. I will give you power and then you will be 
Uh, you will tell people about me and help them to find this great bond that I'm giving them of forgiveness of sins and a new life. And so I ask you, Jeremy, do you want Jesus to take away your sin karma and give you the power to become his representative on earth? I, before I didn't understand how Jesus could take away my sin. My Buddhism tells me I, I don't know what to do with that. But yes, of course, I, I want that. Jesus has a, this, first of all, he has this one to give you as the one of merit of uh, forgiveness. Yes. And all you have to do is to confess to, to God that you have sinned. Tell him your sins. In what ways have you, what, what kinds of things have you done wrong? Some people don't think they've done anything wrong. <laughs> no, I've, I've, done, I've done many things wrong. Um, so just talk, just yeah. confess my sin. I will lead you just because maybe you don't feel quite confident right now. I'll, I'll help you. You just repeat after me, okay? okay. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, I come to you with my sin karma. <laughs> I come to you with my sin karma. And I confess that I am a sinner. I confess that I am a sinner. I have done wrong. I have done wrong. I have lied. I have lied. And I have cheated. And I have cheated. And I've done so many other things that were wrong. I have done so many other things that were wrong. Please take away my sin karma. Please take away my sin karma. And clean me. And clean me. Satu. Satu. That's it. So now, you have no more sin karma left. You are clean. How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel, I feel, it's, I actually feel lighter. I feel like something's changed. That's because something has changed. Now here's the great deal. Jesus has another one he wants to give you. Another merit. Do you want another merit from Jesus? Tell me about it. This is a merit of a new life. This is leaving your old life behind, your worthless life. He's going to give you a brand new life. Do you want a brand new life? I do. This brand new life means that you'll, you will not follow the same ways that you did before. You, you'll hold on to some, some new things. Yes, yes. This new life is going to be sealed by, a, we call it, it is the merit of baptism. And so we don't have a lake around here or a pond or a, or a swimming pool or anything. So that bucket, that beam right there is good enough, and we'll take this dipper, and I'm going to baptize you. But in order to receive this one, this merit from Jesus, you have to renounce. You need to throw away. You need to throw away your chicken. Yep. Some things. And then you need to uh, You need to vow. Okay. Okay? So uh, just repeat after. Uh, first, first thing to do, just repeat after me. I throw away worship of false gods. I throw away uh, worship of false gods. I throw away all uh, witchcraft and involvement in witchcraft. I throw away all involvement in witchcraft or involvement in witchcraft. I throw away uh, unforgiveness and unforgiving heart. I throw away unforgiveness and an unforgiving heart. I throw away uh, sexual sins of all kinds. I throw away sexual sins of all kinds. And I throw away all uh, addictions to various substances. I throw away my addictions to various substances. And now, Jeremy, I will baptize you, and, and you need to make this vow to God. Uh, I, Jeremy, I, Jeremy, uh, come under the shelter of the shade of the Father. Come under the shelter of the shade of the Father. I come under the shelter of the shade of the Son, who is the Dharma of God, the Toa of God. I come under the shelter of the shade of the Son, who is the Toa. I come under the shelter of the shade of the Holy Spirit, who fills his Loksang, his Sankara. I come under the shelter of the shade of the Spirit, who fills his, uh, his song. His <laughs> which is the same as the, the priesthood of believers. Yes. Jeremy, you are a new person. The, the old things are no longer attached to you, no more tied to you. Now you can walk free. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's still even one more one that, that God wants to give you. Do you want one more one? Yes. One more one. This is, this is God wants to fill you completely, your entire body, 
from your toes to your head with His Holy Spirit. Do you want to be filled with His Holy Spirit? I do. If you're filled with His Holy Spirit, you are no longer fearful of demons. You, you no longer have bad dreams. You will no longer be under any curse. Uh, spells will not have an effect on you. And you will have the, the, the authority and the power of God inside of you to share these bones with other people. Do you want to do that? I do. Okay. Well, then I want you right now just to, in your own words, talk to God. Say, God, I want to receive your Holy Spirit. God, I want to receive your Holy Spirit. And put your arms up like this and just receive from God. It's a matter of just opening your heart. And I will, I will put my hands on you. At the moment I put my hands on you, the Holy Spirit will be completely filled up in you. Jesus' name. And this could be, this could take some time. It's not going to take time. But you might want to pray, pray for somebody for a few minutes. Allow, allow the Holy Spirit to completely fill this person. And you ask them, how do you feel? And it's amazing. Sometimes they'll speak in tongues. Sometimes they don't. It doesn't matter. What's important is that this person has been transformed. A com completely new person from, from start to finish. And so, well, Jeremy, how do you feel? This is not like the other religions. This is not like anything I've known. Mm. This is real. This is real. Mm. Now that you have received these three bones from Jesus, go and do one. Go, you've received these merits from Jesus, go and do merit. There are three merits you, you can do now. You're the merit of being a disciple, the merit of being a teacher, mm. and the merit of a daily walk with God. These three merits... Summarize everything that, that you that you do now as a, as a new disciple. And I will walk you through that and show you what, what it means to become a disciple. And I will train you to become a teacher and for you to have a, a living relationship. You can talk to God at any time, at any place. So that's basically the end. And you and this could go on. You know, a lot of times I'll take this... You know, we'll, act, we'll go through this process together, you know, and I will clarify any points, help them, help them to be able to share with others. So, okay. Let's, let's give these guys a hand. <laughs>